Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 466. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple will now allow developers to accept payments outside the App Store in a landmark settlement. Fitbit has launched the Charge 5 and unveiled Will Smith as its brand new brand ambassador and the delivery service that will get you your groceries to you in 15 minutes or less. In the Tech Guide Reviews, we're going to take a look at the gadget gift suggestions for Father's Day. We've also built the Lego Star Destroyer. It's more than a metre long, and Bowers and Wilkins have released its new 800 series diamond loudspeakers. And we'll be answering all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, let's kick off with this news from Apple. They made an announcement late last week, and it's basically a settlement to a court case court case that's been going on in the US for quite some time. It was brought by a number of US developers and it was all about how they claim that Apple have a monopoly, they've got monopoly powers about how app users uh, can purchase apps and make in-app purchases. This has been going on for quite a while. The, The biggest case that's still going on that's about to be resolved is the case between Apple and Epic Games. Epic is the the developer of the game Fortnite, and they approached Apple uh, about a year and a half ago uh, asking for some kind of dispensation because anyone who's ever played Fortnite knows there's a whole bunch of in-app purchases and a lot of players, I think a a good percentage of players who are on the iOS platform, uh, they were the the purchases that they made are, are subject to every other purchase and and any any other money made on the app store 30 percent goes back to apple so if if a developer charges a customer ten dollars for an app let's just say apple gets three dollars now if if a if if an app developer wants to charge or wants to sell in-app purchases in the case of Fortnite, it's weapons and 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 skins and all kinds of things uh, for for a dollar then 30 cents of every dollar goes back to Apple. Now, Epic approached Apple back in June 2020 about this, asking for some kind of discount, some kind of arrangement is what they were asking for. Uh, they, they wanted to negotiate a special deal that will allow them to accept payments for these in-app purchases from customers directly. Apple refused. Apple said no, and they, they went to court. This is... Uh, 
This is the case that we are awaiting. It could be any day now where the, 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 the court case is finished. The, the judge is now uh, take considering his verdict and that decision is expected any day now. Now, what what's changed here, What what what's may affect this or my, my, the the outcome may favor epic in in light of what's what has happened with this this settlement so basically what apple's done now is they've they've announced that developers will now be able to communicate directly to their customers outside the app store via email and and share information about other payment methods outside of their iOS app. So it's basically another way for customers to make these in-app purchases directly between themselves and the developer without Apple taking their 30% cut. Now, if those app, if those purchases are still made within the infrastructure of the App Store, then Apple will still take their cut. They'll take their commission. Now, Apple's argument over not just this recent announcement, but even previously, was that the App Store is a is a obviously for developers it's a it's a great distribution model. So where else can you release an app that then can be distributed around the world and in multiple countries than you can in the App Store? So developers were riding high on that success, and Apple naturally wanted to take their their cut of that. So they were clipping the ticket for thirty percent, which is pretty hefty when you consider the multiple billions of dollars that app developers have generated. Uh, Apple, as well, have have benefited from this as well. But you know what? They built the thing. They they just that, that was their decision. That was what they were the price they put on that, and developers were happy to pay it until now until it got to a point where it was for some app developers so that that's the thing developers are they like to get customers in with a free download so rather you imagine if you wanted to download Fortnite it was going to cost you $55 you probably wouldn't download that but if they offer it to you for free and then offer a number of in-app purchases then you are more likely to get to download that app so that, that, this was a way for developers to get customers to download their apps and then entice them with these in-app purchases. So in, in, the, in the time that this has been happening, Apple has been taking their 30% commission but not allowing them to communicate outside of the App Store. So developers felt they were trapped in this monopoly, hence the reason why this, this, court, this class action took place and why Apple has now decided to, uh, to give some leeway to the developers to be able to communicate outside the App Store. So this, this is a, a big development. Uh, there's a number. There was a number of recommendations. Uh, part of this settlement wasn't just the the fact that the uh, Apple was going to allow outside contact with uh, from the App Store, but there was also a hundred million dollar fund for U.S. developers as well as as part of this settlement. So this was uh, to assist small U.S. developers as the world battles COVID. That was kind of Apple's Apple's uh, reason for offering that hundred million dollars. But it, it looks like a settlement, uh, and it, it, the size of it also looks like a settlement. Hundred million U.S. dollars is, is pretty big. Now, what Apple has maintained 
another thing that they were complaining about was App Store search and how there were some developers who were, were maybe trying to game the system a little bit by gaining higher ratings. And so a- Apple have a have a, a process in place that they are not changing. They said it, it, App Store search will remain the same. Its search results will continue to be based on objective characteristics, they said, like download, star ratings, text relevance, and user behavior signals. So that'll keep the App Store search system uh, as unchanged for the next at least the next three years. Uh, there's also they've given app uh, developers more flexibility to reach their customers, as I said through email to share information. Developers will not pay Apple a commission on uh, any purchases outside of the App Store, but within the App Store, they're going to take a thirty percent cut. So this is a pretty big deal if, if for for US developers and developers worldwide actually. So it's not just I know it, it was a US case, but it, it is going to have ramifications the world over. And uh, developers will continue to use the App Store as this amazing launch platform and distribution model. Uh, but now for companies who are who have in app purchases and and other things that, that that people can buy within their app itself, they now have this other avenue to pursue rather than paying Apple a 30% commission, they can now go outside the App Store and talk to customers directly. If you want to read more about that whole re- that whole settlement, there's a few points in there as part of this agreement. You can find the whole thing at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, Fitbit has just announced... A new product, the Charge 5. This is a fitness and wellness tracker. Fitbit, I think, that one of the original uh, tracker, Fitbit, uh, sorry, the, the health tracker companies, uh, they've been around for quite a while, really led the way. They were around even before Apple Watch was around. So Fitbit, uh, which is now owned by Google, by the way, uh, they continue to have this huge user base. Uh, and based not only on the quality of their products, which are excellent, but also on the quality of their app. I, I always, I've always said the Fitbit app, the companion app, has always been superior. And now they also have a service called Fitbit Premium, which gives you even more detail, even more workouts, other tools, uh, including a new tool called the Daily Readiness Score. This will be introduced within, in time for the Fitbit Charge 5 launch, which is going to be in late September. So the Daily readiness score this is going to take all of your data from your exercise your sleep heart rate variability so it's going to paint a picture of you it's going to tell if you're ready to exercise or whether you need to prioritize recovery so that's a that's a pretty big change where it's just simply on other devices simply a matter of just hitting the hitting the button and going for a run going for a walk or whatever happened whatever type of exercise you happen to be doing but now Fitbit's going to take that even further with, with Fitbit Premium and actually give you a rating, a score to say, you know what, mate, you should, you're better off resting today. You've had a big week or you maybe haven't had enough sleep or your heart rate's been up and down. This is going to be a, a kind of your, like almost like your coach saying, well, you, you either need to, yeah, continue with your exercise or maybe take the day off. So that's pretty cool. But the big news, I think, apart from the device itself, by the way, which is has it has a colour touchscreen, thinner, sleeker design, and up to seven days of battery life. That's one thing about uh, again Fitbit kind of leading other brands here with their amazing, amazing battery life. But apart from announcing a new device, Fitbit has also announced a new superstar 
brand ambassador, none other than Will Smith, the Fresh Prince himself, actor, producer, musician. He is now a Fitbit ambassador, and he'll be developing actually some content for Fitbit Premium. He's going to include some health and wellness programs that will cover both physical and mental health. He'll also have videos featuring himself and his training team, which will include high-intensity interval training, as well as mindfulness and strength training as well. So the star of Independence Day and Men in Black is going to be maybe one of your fitness instructors when Fitbit Premium uh, uh, includes his content. What uh, the other the other part of this is Will Smith is also releasing a new six-part documentary series on his YouTube channel based on his journey to wellness and health. Uh, it's going to be called Best Shape of My Life. And he he openly shows off the Fitbit in all of these videos, in all of these parts, which is has helped him regain his health and fitness. So uh, this that in that, that docu-series is going to debut uh, in, on September 27. So keep an eye out for that on Will Smith's own YouTube channel and keep an eye out for the Fitbit. He is wearing his Fitbit. The probably He probably got the Charge 5 ahead of time. There's a photo on Tech Guide of him wearing wearing the Fitbit, one with the red band uh, while he's in the gym. So uh, not a bad person to have on your team. Will Smith, one of the biggest movie stars in the world and he's also a handy musician as well if you like that kind of music, but uh, a pretty good result for Fitbit and Will Smith, a mutually beneficial deal there. If you want to read more about Fitbit, the Charge 5, and Will Smith's involvement with the brand, check him out, techguide.com.au. Now, do you already use delivery services? It's it's something that I think has become, especially those of us who are in lockdown states, I'm here in New South Wales in uh, pretty much lockdown, been entering our fourth month of lockdown here. So food delivery, f- ordering online and getting delivery, especially food, is uh, something we do a fair bit around here, including shopping for groceries. I do know there are a lot of people who use Coles and Woolies uh, services to do one big shop, and it takes, I think, three to four days to arrive. But that, that, that's a that's a huge, huge shop, though. There is a new service, a new startup called Send, which is promising to get your groceries to your front door in 15 minutes or less. So this is a, a sort of a reinvention of the supermarket. Now, this is an online-only supermarket. We know Coles, Woolies, Aldi, they, they've got physical stores. Send has, has supermarkets that are Online, so there are the warehouses that are built in various parts of Sydney and Melbourne to start with, that will allow them to get those deliveries to your door to in in that short in that amount of time, fifteen minutes or less. Now, there is a quite a large asterisk here. Okay, so you've just got to remember this is just started. So that promise of groceries delivered in fifteen minutes or less is only available to those who live within two kilometres of send shop locations. And we're talking Sydney's inner city and inner west, uh, South Melbourne, Albert Park, South Bank and Melbourne CBD if you're in Melbourne. So, And they are expanding to other parts of Sydney, Melbourne and other cities around Australia. But it, it's a big headline, 15 minutes or less. But as I said, there is, there is a caveat that comes with that in the fact that you do need to be living close to the Send Shop locations. I've listed the suburbs that, have, that, are, that are available 
for that 15-minute delivery. They can get that 15-minute delivery. We're talking suburbs like Surrey Hills, uh, Redfern, Waterloo, Alexandria, Moore Park in Sydney, and in Melbourne, South Melbourne, Albert Park, South Bank, uh, and others there. The full list is on Tech Guide, but expect this to grow around the country as more of these online warehouses open. So all they'll be doing is sending stuff out, so the, these aren't like a regular supermarket where you walk in with your trolley and do your self-checkout and away you go. These aren't open to the public. They are just just distribution hubs for the send customers. So this there's an app that you download. It's a new alternative to your traditional supermarket visit. So no need to wait at the checkout. No need to scan the QR code either. So you think about how useful this can be if... For an example, you may be rushed after work. You think, oh, I, need, I don't have all the ingredients I need to make my dinner. You can simply hop on to the app, and if you are within the area, the delivery area, you can get those last-minute uh, those last-minute items rather than having to rush up to the shops yourself. Uh, price-wise, I understand they're they're similar to what you'd expect in Coles and Woolworths, uh, but uh, with that fifteen-minute delivery time, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Now, as as I said, the the pandemic has really prevented us from dining out. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go out to a, go over to someone's place for a meal, or you can't invite someone over to your place for a meal either so we're on our own preparing home cooked meals uh, that's become more popular than ever of course because of the current the current situation so this is this is sort of the thing that the send founder rob adams he that's what inspired him to create this platform the whole lockdown life uh, and he, he, he said that the most vulnerable members of the community had them in mind when he created the app. So uh, that's that's not a bad starting point right there. So the result is this, this solution that uh, will allow you to complete your weekly shop. Oh, I don't think it's meant for you to do a massive shop like you do at Coles and Woolies. This is meant for, I think it's kind of like the, the 12 items or less aisle. It's for those little 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 bunch of groceries that you might need to, to fill out your ingredients for dinner or you might want some smoothie snacks or something. So it, I don't think you're going to do a complete shop uh, on, on the app and get it within 15 minutes, but they are still working on expanding these, these hubs around the country and around Australia. So Send, it's a free app. You download it on the App Store for if you're an iPhone user or, or the Google Play Store if you're an Android user. Uh, it is planning to open more stores across the country from this month. So we're talking late August uh, and beyond. So you, you're going to see a lot more. And I've, I've, as I said, I've got the list of Sydney suburbs that will, uh, that if you're living in the, any of these Sydney suburbs, you do qualify for that 15 minutes or less delivery time, uh, as well as those, those suburbs in Melbourne as well. So it's a whole new ball game here. If you want your stuff pretty quickly, 15 minutes, that's pretty impressive. I've ordered food that takes that sometimes takes an hour and a half. I'll, I'll, confession time, I ordered KFC online. I went through their app and, and they, part, they partnered with DoorDash. And I thought, I'll give this a try. And I ordered all of my food. It was a Saturday night. It was like my cheat meal. I thought, I'm just going to get some, uh, some kernel, some of the bird. And I ordered through the app, which, as I said, links to DoorDash. And it, I ordered, I think, at 6.20 p.m. on a Saturday night, and I was busy, but I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see how I go. It, it accepted my order, it took accepted my money of two, of course, and told me that my delivery would arrive at seven at 6.58, which would have been uh, just just under, just over half an hour away. And I thought, oh, that's as good as gold. I thought, that's fine. Um, 7 o'clock arrives, nothing. 7.15, 7.20, nothing. 
7.30, nothing. So I decided to call the 1-800 number, was suddenly connected to some person in the Philippines or somewhere, a call center, um, and was telling them, I said, look, I'm just checking on my order. What's the story? And they ended up putting me through to a driver, and the driver was was the talking was in the store. They had they had no record of my order, and I, I said, "Well, here's my order number. They've taken my money." Um, anyway, long story short, an hour and forty five minutes later, I had my food. So, if you can get groceries in fifteen minutes, even twenty minutes, I think you're doing pretty well. If you're ordering through DoorDash on and it got in KFC. Maybe rethink your options or drive there yourself or go through the drive yourself. It'll be a lot faster. But the send service, though, 15 minutes or less, that's pretty impressive and it is expanding across the country. If you want to read a little bit more about the send service, you know where to go. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer security. And that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented game optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Slightly different approach to the reviews this week. We're going to dedicate our reviews, the start of our reviews anyway, to a Father's Day gadget gift guide, which we've published on Tech Guide. And what we've done, we've grouped uh, products together. So all dads are different. Your dad, one dad might like audio, one dad might like the outdoors, one dad might like movies. And that's how we've grouped the the father's day gift guide on tech guide so i'm not going to go through every single product i will go through the sections though we we kick off with audio dads and in here we've included the jbl live pro plus uh, wireless earphones as well as the sennheiser cx true wireless earphones which we've spoken about on the podcast there's also the jbl charge 5 speaker and the efm austin bluetooth speaker again both featured on the tech guide podcast you can see our full reviews links to our full reviews 
use on Tech Guide in the Father's Day gift guide. It has pricing for every product that we've all that we've grouped together. Uh, next up, there is the Smart Dad, and in this section, we've put things like the Arlo Essential indoor camera. It's one hundred and fifty nine dollars. That's a really a, a great first step into the smart home world if you want to set up a camera. It is an indoor camera, but does include a privacy shield, so you know at a glance whether it is uh, open, whether it can film, or whether it's respecting your privacy and has a shield across the lens. There's also a link to the Laser Home, Smart Home range. And Laser, from $10 a month, you can get started on your smart home journey for, for, for if you might want to buy maybe a smart light, for example. That's $10. And you can connect to your Wi-Fi and you can control it through your phone. That's your first entry into the smart home world. We've also covered the Nano Leaf Elements. These are those wood-grained panels that are hexagonal, but offer this incredibly new approach to smart lighting. They look amazing. They have that wood grain finish and texture and just look terrific, whether they're on or off. They've also been on the Tech Guide podcast as as well as our full review is on Tech Guide as well. Uh, Moving on to the smartphones, we've suggested a couple of more affordable devices, including the TCL 20 Pro 5G. This is a $799 phone, but acts like a flagship device that's twice the price. So I think that's a lot of bang for your buck there. There's a link to our review from that, our gift guide as well. And if you're the sort of dad who maybe, you might be a trader, you might be working on the job site, you might like working outdoors, and your phone really needs to be able to handle it, the Nokia XR20 is also on the list. That's a $879 phone. It is built tough. It's got an ultra-solid case with the toughest display glass on the market. So it can take the punishment while still being a good phone with a good camera, 48 megapixel and 12 megapixel ultra-wide cameras on the back, and you get three years of operating system upgrades. Now, if your dad likes gaming, who doesn't? Uh, there's the new PlayStation 5 DualSense wireless controllers that are available in new colours. So forget just the white PlayStation 5 controllers. You now can get Cosmic Red or Midnight Black. Uh, $119 for the red, $109.95 for the black. Uh, both work exactly the same way. I don't know why red's more expensive. might probably cost a bit more to produce, but both look fantastic. Uh, there's also the Turtle Beach Recon 500 headset. You've got to have a headset if you're playing online. That's, uh, that's $129.95. And we did mention in the previous uh, ad for Norton, the Norton 360 with Game Optimizer. Now, this is the full Norton 360 package, but it also includes the Game Optimizer as well. So if you're running games, this is full Norton 360 security, but that can also optimize your gaming experience. And for you guys, there's a special price for Tech Guide listeners and Tech Guide readers, $69 for 12 months. There is a link on our on our on our story, au.norton.com forward slash tech guide to get that special deal. $69 bucks for all of your internet security. Uh, as well as having the game optimizer as well. For the connected dads, the Netgear Orbi, you can't go past the Wi-Fi 6 Orbi. We're going to talk more about that in the help desk. I've got a question about it. And if your dad's a fan of computers and tablets, there's the Samsung Galaxy Tab A7 Lite, 249 bucks. I think that's pretty affordable, and you're getting a, a pretty decent device here, 8.7-inch display, so you can, it has a micro SD card slot, uh, has storage up to one terabyte if you want to add a micro SD card there, but you can uh, enjoy movies and TV shows 
radios with Dolby Atmos through the powerful dual speakers on board as well. Uh, there's also the Surface Laptop 4. If your dad needs a new laptop, this is from Microsoft. That's worth $1,599 and a pretty good-looking device at that. If your dad already has an iPad, there is a couple of products that you might want to buy him. One is the Logitech Combo Touch for the iPad Pro. So it's basically a case with a keyboard and stand that is uh, good for the 11-inch or 12.9-inch 12, 12. iPad Pro. And then there's also the Hoverbar Duo. We've also spoken about that on the show. That can hold your iPad at eye level. Or if you're working in the kitchen, it can be actually hung off a shelf. So it is within reach. You can see it quite comfortably without having to hold it. So that's uh, a great and, – and seeing we're all working from home nowadays, the Hoverbar Duo might be able to allow you to use your iPad as a, as a your laptop screen – or maybe as a secondary screen to your computer. So that's uh, pretty cool there as well. Uh, if you're an outdoor dad, there's the DJI Air 2S drone for uh, $1,699. And of course, who doesn't love GoPro? There's a weekender backpack that's $189.95. Now, this backpack not only has room for your cameras and all your stands, your mounts and accessories, but there's room for your clothes, your shoes. This is the ultimate backpack if you do want to head out for the weekend when we're allowed to do so. There's also the GoPro suction cup. I know a lot of a lot of uh, GoPro users like to use these when they're filming themselves inside cars. They might want to put the camera on the outside of their vehicle to, to get some pretty sick footage. So the GoPro suction cup's $39.95. That, that's worth a look as well. If you love your sports watches, you can't go past Sunto. The Sunto 7 Titanium Sports Watch, $6.99. That is a, like a next level fitness tracking. It's kind of a step above a smartwatch because because this is dedicated for athletes and runners and marathon runners, so it is it is a step above those other those other watches. Uh, there's also, if you're an outdoors person as well, the Yunagi E500 dual motor electric scooter. If you're a scooter fan, then uh, for $16.99, I've seen this for $11.99, so that's $1,199. This is a scooter that weighs just 12 kilos, can fold down for easy storage, can, has 25-kilometre range on a single charge with a top speed of 25 kilometres an hour. Just be very careful. Whatever state you happen to live in, there are different rules in different states on where you can ride these scooters, so take a note of that. There's also plenty of products to keep your devices charged, including the Mophie 3-in-1 wireless charging pad that can, can charge your iPhone, your AirPods, and your Apple Watch. If you do have the Apple Trifecta, that will keep you charged. And a couple of products too from Belkin. One is the Boost Charge Magnetic Wireless Power Bank. This is a, a, a power bank that uses MagSafe to attach to the back of your iPhone 12. It can then charge your device without blocking the camera, and that's $59.95 as well. If your dad's a little forgetful, maybe the AirTags, $45 each or $149 for a four-pack. It can can be placed on keys, uh, in your bag, in a backpack, in your luggage, and you'll be able to track it all on the Find My Network. Now, if you love your movies, and who doesn't, you've got to check out the TCL Nextwear G wearable display glasses. We spoke about these on the show a few weeks ago as well. It is like wearing a 140-inch display on your face. That's what it, it gives you that impression that you're in a room looking at a 140-inch TV. So that's, uh, that's pretty good as well. And if you love a bit of fun, we're going to talk about a bit, a bit of Lego next, but there is one bit of Lego that I built for this story, the Lego Ford Mustang. 
So that's a great little project for dad if he wants to have a bit of fun. If he likes reading, there's the Kobo Nia, $149.95. That's the, the e-reader. The, Leo, the Lego Ford Mustang is $200, by the way. And there's also some grooming products, the Braun 10-in-1 Series 7 Multi-Groom Kit. And the Waterpick Nano, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, great way to floss your teeth with water. Forget the string floss, the Waterpick Nano. It's like a high-pressure hose for your mouth. It does a really good job. Uh, if your dad's into coffee and you've got a bit of money to spare, the Jura S8, it's $2,890. bucks. let us call it $3,000. Uh, you must love your dad a lot or he must love his coffee a lot for him to earn this sort of present. But it's there. can create some amazing brews if you love a coffee. And if you're in the car, of course, there's the MyView Pro-T Series Dual Cam from Navman. This is a uh, front and rear dash cam, so it allows you to keep an eye. It's your eyes and ears on the road. That is a wrap-up of our Father's Day gadget gift guide. If you want to see it a little bit more in depth, of course, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, we did mention Lego in the Father's Day gift guide, and I've just completed a massive project, the Lego Star Destroyer. So it was such a big – it was my lockdown project. I thought, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything. I'm staying, working from home, staying home. This is going to be my little side project to – so I'm not looking at a screen all the time. I I really try to not – to have these other activities away from my phone and away from my tablet and away from my computer, I spent enough time in front of them. So I decided this was one of those projects that was going to get me away from the screen uh, in another room building this massive Star Destroyer. Now, I've become a bit of a Lego a Lego fan since Christmas last year. I was given a, a, a Stormtrooper helmet, and that really, uh, it, I, I got the bug after that, and I've since now been building a lot of Star Wars Lego. And this was the biggest by far that I've attempted. And this is, just to give you an idea of the size of this thing, the Lego Star Destroyer has 4,784 uh, 4, pieces it's 1.1 meters long, right? 1.1 meters long. And it is 66 centimeters wide, 43 centimeters tall. So it's big. And there is actually a photo of me, just to give it some scale, sitting next to it, just so you know that uh, this is this is quite large. And it took a while, it took a few weeks, and that was spending a couple of hours a day with uh, the build. And, and it's just remarkable how this was engineered. The, the people at Lego are absolute genius because this started with a small a base to be able to hold up the whole thing, and when it's finished, it looks like it's floating because that's what Imperial Star Destroyers don't land. They're just up up in the air the whole time, in space the, the whole time. So um, it was that was the start. And then what you do then next is sort of build the spine of the ship and then the outside shapes, and it's all these really long pieces with lots of – lots of holes to clip in other pieces and it's just fascinating how it all came together it's so precise and even if you're at one stud too far over it's not going to work you have to really build this exactly luckily there were some great instructions and i mean a phone book size instruction 
ring-bound uh, volume that that you went through meticulously each step of the way was so really so brilliantly laid out. It was really easy to follow. There was only a couple of times I had to actually go back and redo something because I maybe put I didn't put the, the stud across far enough or I was too short. So you really got to be that precise when you're building something like this. But once you've got your frame built, then it's time to put the panels on. So the frame and then the sides of the of the ship go on and then the top and bottom panels is like they're all divided in different sections. The there's the rear bottom, rear rear left bottom, rear right bottom, and then you build the back of the ship. The back of the ship was probably the hardest part I think the 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 engines out the back and on all of that all the detail that went into that as well they had to had to clip into place a certain way and had to not be putting too much pressure on the other parts of the model so that that took about that took a couple of attempts to get that right I, I did have to rebuild a couple of things to make sure that, that that all fit together well and also more importantly that it still held in place so that that was uh, that was pretty that was probably the most difficult part of the build a bit fiddly and yeah, it was a little bit too uh, delicate as well in some ports. Even just touching a little bit, the piece would fall off, and I'd have to make it again and clip it into place. And uh, in the end, we we end up getting there, but um, that that was the toughest part. But after that, all downhill from there, we we had to then build the bridge, which is that that the big bulky part on top of the ship and then put all the detail on that's what took the most time all the little tiny little pieces that make up all the the, the embellishment on top so just so it's not that it, it if if without that embellishment it, it, it'll look like a lego model i think this is the model of all the star wars ships that i've built this is the one that looks most like the original so it, it doesn't look like Lego. Everything else looks like Lego. This actually has the shape and size and that embellishment and detail to make it more like the original that it's copying, the actual ship from the show, from the movies, the Star Wars movies, than any other Star Wars ship that I've built. Uh, so uh, that that was it was worth that effort putting all those little details in place, so that the result was this amazing, amazing, epic size build that is, as I said, one point one meters long. And also, lovely touch to it, it includes the Tantive Four. Now, Star Wars fans will know that to be Princess Leia's ship. In fact, this is the Star Destroyer that's seen in the opening shot of the original 1977 Star Wars film. You remember, first shot you see is the Tantive Four racing across the screen, and then this massive Star Destroyer comes over the top and just rumbles along for the next 20 seconds. Uh, this, is the, the, this is that Star Destroyer from that very first movie, and the Tantive Four is also included here. There's also, do you remember when in the movie, if you've seen Star Wars, who hasn't? Come on, please tell me you've all seen it. Uh, the When the ship's caught in the tractor beam and it gets, gets sort of uh, scooped up into the landing bay that's also included on the bottom of this ship shame you can't see it very clearly but it is such so detailed and there's even a little tie fighter that is fitting in there like a little tie fighter's leaving the landing bay just these little touches are incredible the tanty four is the last thing that you build and it attaches to the front of the star destroyer with this long transparent piece so it looks like it's actually floating it's flying next to the star destroyer before it gets captured incredible precision is amazing the engineering is incredible the support structure the stand everything clicks in a place it's so satisfying that everyone everything fits together properly lego fans will know exactly what i'm talking about there the lego star destroyer it's big and it's also not cheap 
This is a kit. This is a the the set is a thousand and ninety nine dollars, and there are as I said four thousand seven hundred eighty four pieces. I didn't lose a single piece. I, I, my setup is I have all these different bins. Uh, the larger pieces go in one bin. The smaller pieces go in a couple of other little bins, uh, little 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 containers, so that they're literally within within my reach. So that when I'm putting together the various sections, I've got everything literally at my fingertips. The Lego Star Destroyer. Next step I'm going to do, though, uh, I've built it, but it's not over. I'm also going to add lights. The lighting is from an Australian company called Light My Bricks. So once I ordered the Star Destroyer, I went ahead and ordered as well the Light My Bricks, the, the corresponding set for this Star Destroyer. They said if you – whatever set you Lego set you buy – they have often a lighting kit that accompanies it. So I bought the light, the light my bricks kit. It was two hundred ninety nine dollars, and it involves lots of little tiny little threads of LED uh, LED lights and little things that it's going to just make this look amazing. It already looks amazing, but with the lights, it's going to look even more amazing. If you want to see it for yourself, and I'm in the photo just to give it scale. I think a lot of people think, yeah, it looks okay, but when they see me in it. You just appreciate the size of this thing. So check that out. If you want to see more, techguide.com.au. Attention, you audiophiles. I've got something to tell you. This is the new Bowers and Wilkins fourth generation 800 series diamond loudspeakers. This, I'll say up front, Audiophiles are, are a, a particular breed. They obviously love their music. They love their audio. They love their equipment, and they're prepared to pay good money to have that amazing sound. Now, just as a background, Bowers and Wilkins, very well respected audio brand, British brand, and they have such a legacy of audio, audio speakers, audio technology, acoustic excellence. They, they've been known to be respected the industry over. Both the film industry and the music industry all use Bowers and Wilkins equipment in their studios. We're talking Abbey Road studio uses Bowers and Wilkins. Skywalker Sound used by music producers and filmmakers. They have Bowers and Wilkins, Wilkins equipment. The loudspeakers, the 800 series, and this is the fourth generation of the 800 series, they were used by Pink Floyd and Radiohead when they were recording, and for films including Return of the Jedi and Skyfall when they were being produced through Skywalker Sound. So Bowers and Wilkins know a thing or two about audio. And these speaker systems, these loudspeakers, are an absolute, they're a work of art, not only looking great, but also the technology, the acoustics, the, the build quality, the industrial design, absolutely amazing stuff. That's they've, the, the, This is a company that's got a true engineering philosophy, and it's, a, it's that engineering philosophy that's made them an, an all very respected audio authority for more than 55 years. So the 800 series diamonds, they include the flagship 801D4, that's the top of the line. And look, I'll tell you now, they're $52,900 a pair, but they sound 
out of this world. There's also floor, other floor-standing models, three other models, the 802D4, the 803D4, and the 804D4, and they start at $18,900. They also have a, a stand-mounted speaker that's $11,900, and they've also got a home theatre centre speaker that start at $8,500. Now, you might be thinking, who the hell is going to pay that kind of money and why would you pay that money? Well, let me explain to you what goes into making this these speakers. They've, they've, for a start, they've got a new drive unit suspension system. So this is a biomimetic suspension system which reduces any unwanted noise created by the conventional fabric suspension. So all these little details to minimise the noise, minimise the vibrations. The result is more transparent and natural sound. There's also they've also had a significant cabinet upgrade. So there's it uses aluminium in key areas of the cabinet to increase the cabinet quietness. You can't have vibrations, you can't have any other outside noises, so it's got to be perfect. Every model also has the a revised version of the solid body tweeter on top housing. If you take a look at the photos, it looks like a jet engine on top. That's the tweeter on top housing. It's got this elongated tube loading system to produce an even more uh, open sound as well. Uh, there's also a new finish, a satin walnut finish, will, which will also be available with gloss black and the satin rose nut finishes, the, the existing finishes as well. And they all include a bespoke leather by Connolly finish for that added touch of luxury. So that's what you're paying for. It's this handcrafted, just works of art that happen to sound amazing, and that's what you get. It's just absolutely brilliant. But not for everyone, of course. Not everyone has a lazy $53,000 to spend on a pair of speakers, but you've got to respect the work that goes into it. And I respect the people that pay that sort of money. They must really love their music. They love their audio. Uh, the Bowers & Wilkins 800 Series Diamond loudspeakers will launch globally on September the 1st. And if you want to see these amazing speakers, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Uh, they've got, we did mention a couple of their products in the Father's Day gift guide. So if you're after batteries, cables, uh, you name it, uh, something to hold your Apple Air tags, they've got lots of cool products. Belkin.com forward slash AU. Uh, question I get a fair bit uh, about net mesh Wi Fi systems, uh, and with this is that includes the Netgear Orbi. Netgear is one of our sponsors, of course. And any other brand that has Wi-Fi 6, I do get a lot of people asking me, 
what will Wi-Fi 6 work with my older devices? And the short answer to that is yes, Wi-Fi 6 is backwards compatible. So if you have a laptop from 2017 and an iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 will work with Wi-Fi 6. It is compatible with Wi-Fi 6, which gives you up to four times the speed of, of the previous standard of Wi-Fi, but it will still connect and give you great service, great results with your older devices as well. So don't worry. If you are buying a Wi-Fi 6, you are buying, you are kind of future-proofing your purchase. It, it will work fantastic if you've got a new laptop, new phone, all the new stuff, but it will still work quite well with your older devices. So no, don't be don't be worried about Wi-Fi 6. It's built for the future, but will also work with your existing and older products. So remember, Wi-Fi 6 is fast, but it is also backwards compatible. And that brings us to the end of our show this week. If you need to find out any more, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up with an email, info at techguide.com.au or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the front. We want to thank our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the brands that support the Tech Guide podcast. We'd also like to take this opportunity to wish all the you dads a happy Father's Day. We hope you receive one of the gifts that we spoke about in our Tech Guide Father's Day gadget gift guide. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. Thank you.